scriptures because anyone who receives this gift is at peace forever. And the little boy says, I hope someone gives me that gift for Christmas. I hope I get that gift. I hope I can get that gift. He went on and on. And the old man just smiled. The boy ran off to play. And the old man watched the little boy. He saw the smile on the youngster's face and heard him laughing as he swung from the nearby tree. The boy was happy. The boy was at peace. And it was a joy to see. The boy didn't know he found the gift of the precious In that precious present moment is the one and only place that we will find peace consistently. No matter what's going on in the world or in your life or in that sometimes terrifying space between your ears, no matter what's going on there, you will find peace in the presence. The presence of God, the presence of Spirit, the present moment. And so today we're in the second week of Advent, and Advent is about the season of preparation. Preparing for what, you might say? Oh, stress and parties and too much food and too much money spent and too much to do, right? Okay, maybe not. That might not be the real reason for the season. That's sort of the outcome of many of our seasons. But Advent is the season that is preparation for the birth of the babe, the Christ. Preparation for the birth and the rebirth of something new. Now, in unity, we teach that that Christ's presence is within us. And so as we, in unity and new thought, move through Advent, it's the preparation for the birth or the rebirth of that Christ presence, or the birth or the rebirth of something new. Something new. And something new because we are ever-evolving in consciousness. We are either ever-evolving or we are doing something different than that, which is contracting, Right? or getting stuck in some past or some maybe present moment, but usually we're never stuck in the present moment. We're stuck in the past. And so this weekend here at this beautiful community, there were like 60 people here. That's amazing. I mean, I'm like just stunned. 60 people here doing the work. Now, right after service, immediately after service, I'm going to do a little 20 to 30 minute sort of overcap, recap of what we did. Everybody's invited to stay, and I hope you do. Um, we'll be hearing from some other people about their experience. But we were doing a process called healing, honoring, sorry, honoring our past and creating our future. This body of work has been around the Unity Movement for, I've been leading it for over 20 years, but it used to be called healing our past, and then people were resistant to that. People thought, oh, I've got nothing to heal, right? So it's honoring our past. But before that, it was called making peace with your past. 
And so I say that because we're on the week of peace, right? But the only way to really move consciously forward into something new, this means for your ministry, but also for each of us individually, is to make peace with what is. Most of us have something that we are unwilling to make peace with. Don't raise your hand. But most of us have that one thing, right? That one hurt, that one wound, that one disappointment, that one regret that we just don't quite want to get over, right? But if we were to get over it, if we were to do the work of healing it, of releasing it, of forgiving, if we were to do the work to say that was, given that was, now what? Then we can move on and consciously create our future in a way that we've never even dreamed of yet. And some of us are trying to create a new future, but there's like something missing. Like, I can't quite get there. I can't quite see what it is. I can't quite reach my next goal. I can't quite get my health back. I can't quite break through that abundance barrier. I can't quite. I can't quite. Well, the way to get over that can't quite is to let go. The way to let go is which one comes first is to find that peace. To find that peace. That peace includes acceptance of all that is. Acceptance of your own feelings, of your own history, of your own story. But then the willingness to pack it up and put it away. Why? For the greater purpose of moving on. So when we talk about peace, the peace that passes understanding, as we just had in the scripture in that reading. I loved that reading, by the way. It came out of the Advent book, I'm sure, right? I should know that, but <laughs> it was beautiful. But that peace that passes understanding does not come from your thinking mind. It does not come from your brain. You can't talk yourself into peace. But you can drop beneath the mind, beneath the subconscious, beneath that yada, 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 loopy, loopy, loopy mind that we all operate in. Drop beneath it and you find peace. It doesn't matter what you're standing at. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing. Some of the people in the room here are probably in deep grief for something in life. Our whole culture is in grief from the last three years. Right? There's still a, a collective grief that we get to process through. But acceptance and allowing of that is the first step. And then choosing, given what is, I now choose to take the next step forward. Given what is, I now choose to find that peace that passes understanding. That peace comes in that precious, present moment. That's the only place you're going to find peace. And so over the course of the weekend, we looked at some of those things. We looked at some of those things that we could call the unconscious. We looked at what our persona is, 
those things that we're most proud of, and we looked at what our shadow was, those things we're unconscious of, but that continue to run in the background. It's sort of like, you know, running a virus in the background of your new computer program. It operates, but it could be so much better, right? And then we, we, we really came into celebration of the accomplishments over the history, almost a hundred years here. And then we looked at the regrets and the unresolved issues, and then we came into some action plans so that we can be conscious in co-creating our future. One of my teachers is Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he always says, if you always do what you've always done and always think what you've always thought, you're only going to get what you've always thought. You want to repeat that? Okay, maybe not. But you get the essence of it, right? And so until you do something different, until you think something different, until you change that old programming, you're going to stay on the same path. But as soon as you drop into the present moment, you can enter into this field of infinite possibilities, unlimited potential, and consciously co-create, aligned with spirit, with the pathway clear. That's what Advent's about. And so I thought it would be fun today to kind of take a look at some of the um, characters. But before we do that, a couple of jokes. Y'all don't know me very well here yet, but I'm sort of known across the movement as the bad joke gal. Just to set the expectations, okay? <laughs> so what is the best holiday grip? A broken drum. Why? Because you just can't beat it. Appropriate groans going on here. Did you hear about the man who stole the advent calendar? He got 25 days. <laughs> Better groans here. And how does the snow globe feel this time of year? A little shook, a little shaken, all shook up. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us are feeling all shook up or a little shaken, just by life itself, right? But what if we were to lean into the symbology and the characters of Christmas, maybe in a little bit different way? It's easy to say, well, we know the stories and we just go through the rituals and the ceremonies. But what if we took it a little more personal this year? What if you activated something a little more personal so that you actually had a transformative experience this year? I mean, you know, maybe. I, I mean, kind of like, why not? Right? I mean, unless you're like 100% happy with everything in your life, right, as it is. I mean, if you are, then you don't need any transformation, right? but maybe you still want to transform because we're ever evolving. So if we leaned into it, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the birth of the babe in the manger, the birth of a new consciousness, a new way of being. Think about the teachings of Jesus. He brought to us, God is closer than our hands and feet. Spirit is in that very breath we breathe. That God, you don't have to go through layers of priests and prophets and kings to find God. God is right here. And God is love. And God is good, when? All the time. The message of Jesus is one of not only love, but forgiveness, of kindness, of compassion, of innovation, 
of creativity, of beauty. Jesus' message is there is a new way of being. He said, as our teacher, as our way shower, as our brother, as one of us, check this out. Look what I've discovered. Come with me. Discover this for yourself. That is probably not exactly a direct quote. But I don't know why it wouldn't be. It should be. Come and do these things, and greater than these things shall you do. And the disciples are like, yes! I don't want to. They're like, yes! I don't want to. Forgive? Love? You're crazy. I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to point any direct fingers here, but, you know, if it, if it applies to you, take it. Right? It applies to me. There's always something. Right? But Jesus is what we celebrate. And think about the amount of people around the globe that celebrate Christmas. Christian or not. Right? But the amount of people that join together in this window of time in consciousness to birth, to receive something new. Never mind anybody else's theology. We're still coming together with a single intention to celebrate the birth of Jesus. So what if it's not about religious dogma, but about our state of consciousness and what we bring and how we be? So what if, what if you could lay down your judgment, lay down your pain, lay down your guilt, lay down your blame, at least for the season, to activate a deeper awareness of love and grace? What might change? How might you navigate through the season a little more differently if you were willing to do that? What if you could be like Mary and receive the message that the angel is giving you right now that says you are blessed and you are beloved and you are about to birth a divine idea that will bless this world? What if you could receive that message from God, the Lord God of your own being, from the angel Gabriel, however your message has come. What if you could receive that message this season? What if you trusted life, like Joseph did? Joseph's first response is, yeah, no. That is a direct quote. And yet then he went to sleep and he had a dream and he began to trust the dream, and he began to trust the wisdom, even though it made no logical sense. And he trusted. What if you began to trust like that this year? What if you followed the star of light like the wise men? What if you followed that pathway, that north star, whatever that is for you? What if you followed that? And what if the wise men had actually been women. They would, have arrived, they would have asked for directions. They would have arrived on time. They would have delivered the baby and cleaned the stable. They would have made casseroles. And there would be peace on earth. I 
I can't help it. <laughs> and what if you watch your flock by night, like the shepherds? The flock is your thought. What if you watched your thought like the shepherds watch their flock? What if you paid attention especially to the stray ones? The stray thoughts that lead you down into, you know, guilt or blame or unforgiveness or resentment or disappointment. What if you watched those thoughts and you brought them back into the fold like the shepherds did? What if you spent time in the silence listening to the angels that we have heard on high? What if you paid more attention to what's going on in the deep inner parts of your being than you did to the outer noise of the world? It's easy to pay attention to the outer noise. It takes conscious awareness to pay attention to those inner thoughts, to that inner wisdom, to that inner peace, to that inner silence. But you will be so blessed if you spend a little more time this season, a little more time there on a daily basis. One of the books that I like to refer to sometimes is called The Way of Mastery. And there's a quote in there that says, Do not then be succumbed to the shimmering lights of the world and the great pencil on the tree. For all that matters is this. Am I at peace? Do I bring love to the world? My interpretation of that is pay less attention to the noise, to the distractions of the world, and ask yourself, am I at peace? Am I the very expression of love? Can I choose peace in this moment? And in this moment, and in this moment, because it's a choice. It's an absolute choice. And when we begin to take that to the next level of our understanding, we will begin to discover the peace of passive understanding. I want to share a little bit um, excerpts of a poem that Rabbi Irwin Culler from California wrote after the recent wars in Israel and Palestine started in October. He says this, Today, I am taking sides. I'm taking the side of peace. Peace which I will not abandon even when its voice is drowned out by hurt and hatred, bitterness of lost cries of right and wrong. I will make a clearing in the overgrown thicket of cause and effect so peace can breathe for a minute and reach for the sky. I will do what I must to save the life of peace. I will breathe through tears. I will swallow pride. I will bite my tongue. I will offer love without testing for deserving it. So don't ask me to wave a flag today unless it is the flag of peace. Don't ask me to sing an anthem unless it is a song of peace. Don't ask me to take sides unless it is the side of peace. And so today, in this holiday season, just as the world is ramping up and probably your schedule is ramping up, remember that you too 
can take the sign of peace that we too can choose peace in this moment and in this moment and in this moment. And if you make the commitment to yourself to be the very presence of love, to be that awakened and rebirthing light and love that is Christ within us, our world will change. Your world will change because the more that you do that, the more the world in your consciousness changes. And when we all do that together, that's when the outer world will change. So choose peace. Find peace. Be peace. Make the commitment to your own awakening through that presence of peace. Let us pray. Take a moment. And allow your awareness to move from your mind down into your body. And as you land in your physical body, bring your awareness to your heart space. And feel the calling of spirit to you. Maybe it's to peace. Maybe it's to love. Maybe it's to forgiveness. Maybe it's to joy. Maybe it's to silence. What is the call that you are receiving in the depths of your mind? Take a few moments to feel, to recognize, to answer. Today, as we stand in the second week of Advent around the theme of peace, recognize for yourself as you answer that call from Spirit, it will ultimately be a peace. A peace that passes all understanding. A peace that lifts you up from your pain, from your suffering. A peace that brings a healing balm. And if you are so willing, make that commitment to yourself for this week, for this season, as much as possible, be peace. Bring do that individually, we do that collectively. And as we do that collectively, we feel the seeds of peace moving out across this city, across this state, across our country, and throughout the world. Enfold the world. Right now, the entire world, every person on it, with the seeds 
patience that passes understanding. The seeds of peace that make no sense logically. But the seeds that will lead to love. To acceptance. To allowing. To compassion. To kindness. And to the birth of a new consciousness on this planet with you right now. Say to yourself, I choose the peace that passes understanding no matter what. And so it is. And so we're ready for you. Amen and amen.